0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast. My name is Hunter Ferrier. I'm hosting the episode today, and it's going to be just me uh, flying solo while Seals is down in Florida visiting uh, visiting some in-laws or visiting some, some family down there. Um, we didn't really worry about getting a guest on this week as everybody's trying to uh, trying to spend some time with their family and, and hanging out with them. So it's just going to be me today kind of touching on a few things. Um, just some updates would, would be uh, we – if you haven't if you haven't seen them yet, our uh, our new Oak Original Bottomland Vintage two hoodies are are now available on the website. If you want to check them out, they should be still on there by the time this episode comes out. People seem to be liking those, and and we're really liking them as well. And we'll have to get some more on the way uh, pretty soon. But we do have a few on that website if you want to check them out. And um, let's see here. We did get word last week that some mesh backs are. Or at least an option again. So hopefully we'll be getting some good news on those in the in the next few days, and and we'll keep you all updated on that. But um, but as far as today's topic really goes, it's just kind of it's going to be a little bit of reiteration on on some some terms that I'd said in a few a few prior episodes that people kind of brought to my attention, just asking for a little uh, a, a little elaboration on them, and and it does make sense as, as I kind of referred to the different styles of turkey hunting before and, and especially in that episode when when chase was in here and we were kind of talking about our differences and and kind of how we do hunt alike in some some ways and and we hunt differently in some ways but um but it's kind of uh it's, it's kind of based off on of an article that that i wrote a, a few months ago that this on our website um the article's kind of de- geared around uh decoys and turkey hunting but but more so the uh the theory that I kind of came about was was a few years ago just through just through some observations of mine and, and I never really made, made known of it too much until, uh, until it kind of came about with the decoy topic. But, but I plan to kind of go into that a little bit today and, and kind of how I hunt and how people that I've hunted with, how they go about things and, and kind of how just, just sitting back and, and observing a few times and on a, a few particular occasions, was able to notice, you know, even though the, uh, the end goal was the same of, of bringing a, a gobbler in and into shooting range. Uh, the the kind of ways that we would have gone about it were totally different and um, required different, different things, different calls, different equipment to, uh, to utilize certain strengths and weaknesses. And, and I'm kind of break those down and kind of go into a scenario that I would, that I would hunt and then kind of, kind of how they would hunt. And uh, I think they're both pretty equally, uh, equally successful in most scenarios and, and uh, and more so, it depends on on the type of the type of terrain or the region that you usually hunt turkeys in. So, but j- but just to kind of to break it down, just just as quickly as I can and and as concisely as I can, um, it might be as clear as mud by the end of it. But I'm gonna do my best to uh, to break both of the uh, both of the differing styles down for y'all today. And um, I'm gonna begin with the one that that I would probably classify myself under, which would be by bringing a gobbler in by means of curiosity. You're either going to bring them in by curiosity or you're going to bring them in by persuasion. So that's the two different styles that when I refer to two different hunters having, or two different types of hunters hunting turkeys, or they're two differing styles. I'm kind of referring to, are they going about it in ways of, of bringing a bird in with curiosity or is he bringing a bird in with persuasion? Obviously, the the main objective of both of them is to, is to bring the bird in uh, within gun range to, for, for an ethical shot. But the, the, the objectives, kind of the sub objectives I guess, they actually do differ a little bit. To explain the, the curiosity style that I'm talking about. The objective of that is to is to make that gobbler wonder where you went or wonder where you are, kind of what's going on. It's more so playing mind games with him, kinda of playing his own game for a little while. He's gonna come in to kind of check and you know, find where you went, see what's going on, um and just kind of consider myself under that that curiosity style of hunter of turkey hunter my main objective is is not necessarily to get in a certain route that those birds are on or that they're usually taking my my the main thing in my head when i'm when i'm picking my setup before i do anything else is is positioning myself within within gun range of something that that bird's gonna have to walk around walk over um like i kind of alluded to earlier with with hunting in Mississippi and, and, and there being thick woods and, and and a bunch of ridges and, and hollows and kind of just intertwining creeks and stuff like that. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a spot within that gun range, 30 to 40 yards tops probably of a bend in a road of uh, a down treetop of a hill that I know he's going to have to come over and, and kind of peek over to take a look uh, at that hen that had been calling to him. Um, a lot of a lot of times when you're when you're going about it with this curiosity where well, you're gonna you're gonna really utilize silence. There's not as much consistency in your calling. I'll get kind of riled up sometimes and, and get to cutting and, and all kinds of stuff and, and moving around and and then there'll be fifteen minutes and he'll gobble his head off and I won't answer him at all. And then the next time I call I've moved back four trees or, you know, moved to the left or the right and um just kinda playing those games with him and and then eventually, you know, If there's a thirty minute period of silence or something, he's gonna. Your objective is to kind of get curate that curiosity and getting him into, to walking around that bend in the road or uh uh, uh, walking over a ridge to kind of just just to take a look. Pretty much, I think turkeys are are pretty big on whether or not you notice it. A lot of the times, I think they they kind of make these pinpoints in their mind when that when they are hinned up of of uh of locations that that they might've seen or heard a hen earlier that that was being a little stubborn, like you're, like you're being. Um, and they'll come back to them later. It might be four or five hours later when they get done with their, uh, when when they get done with their hens that morning. But I do think they'll at least kind of make their way back there to that, to that general area and and might throw out a, a random, a gobble out of the blue and hope, you know, if that hen's around, she'll respond to him. But, but, um, but that's kind of, when I'm when I'm setting up on a gobbler that I heard, whether it be the morning or mid morning off the rooster or, or, you know, later in the day, I'm on that's that's the first thing that's in my mind is is where where I'm gonna position myself to call him around something or over something or through something to where he has to physically close that distance to put eyes on on what's going on over there. This it's kind of got his mind that I'm not right now. Um <clears throat> a lot of times when they come in, they're not going to be strutting and, you know, gobbling their head off. They're, they're, they're genuinely curious. They're, they're they've got their head up, they're periscoped out, you know, just, uh, just scoping the area and, and just really wondering and, and, and pick up on easy movement. So it's pretty crucial to be still, but at the same time, you've got to move around. If you stay still too long and by still, I mean on the same tree, he'll, uh, he'll just kind of give up on you. I think, I think you got to, you got to move around left and right and up and down and and kind of basing what you do off of what he does. Um, kind of going back to that, that episode with Chase, when we were talking about our different styles, whereas he kind of would sit on a tree and work a bird with the calling and just, just wait it out, play the patient game, which is, which is crucial and it does kill a lot of turkeys. I kind of base every move off of his last move. If you were to ask me going in that morning, after we heard a gobble, what's our what's our game plan? I'm gonna tell you, I have no idea. I'm um, gonna we'll wait and see what he does, and it's gonna change. So I don't I don't even bother worrying with one. If he's a if he's at my twelve o'clock, and and that that barrier that I've kind of there's a bend in the road between me and him at 35 yards, and that's that's what I'm banking on is, is calling him around that bend in the road, and he goes 80 yards to the left of me. Now he's at 10 or nine or 10 o'clock. And that that road's kind of irrelevant right now, so I'm going to have to move up or move back or kind of position myself in a different spot and kind of just kind of keeping that in the back of my mind that there might be some crawling going on and, and kind of some, some slipping around with them being in, in close quarters, and it's, it's pretty crucial to be quiet. And um, I've, I've bumped a lot of turkeys doing that, but I've also killed a lot of turkeys doing that, waiting until he gobbles one time, and, and then all of a sudden, within two seconds, I'm on my feet once I, I, for that, at least that second, for at least a little while, I know where, he, where he's at and I can, I can make a move then and scoot up whether it 10 yards can make a, a make it a break it situation. And a lot of times, if you can just get to this one specific tree or you can get to just turn around on the tree, if he's, if he's kind of coming in from behind you or something like that now, and, and now you're, you know, to the back of his wide open, you might have to move on the other side of the road just to, just to try to get him to come closer to, to uh, anything really, a little knoll or something like that, where he where he might have to peek over, um, or if he's if he's really being hard headed and hanging up, you might have to move backwards and, and call him call him to where you were the last time you called, and then move move forward and not call, and hope you can catch him on the uh kind of the in between. But it's a it's a lot of moving around. It's a lot of repositioning. And like I said, you 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 kind of kill him with that silence. That's the i guess the final nail in the coffin is when you're going to play with that curiosity is is using that silence at the end to kind of to really get them wondering to where they're just going to kind of poke their head around something or or just come check the place out they're not going to be running in there and, and just um just raring to go when they get there they're going to they're going to come in silent and it's going to be a a pretty quick five or six second verify that it's a gobbler and. It's the one you've been calling to, and and you know everything's good. There's nothing behind it, and shoot it. You don't get to watch them strut in as much as you do when you're kind of going with the uh, with the persuasion style. But but I definitely think it works, and especially works in the the type of areas that I usually hunt. Um, and there's everything's particular to the actual bird to me. I don't really go into the fifth hunt of the season with the same mindset as I did in the first hunt of the season. It depends on the, the temperature that they're at that specific morning, that specific bird and all the parameters that go into that. But just to kind of go into the the other half would be the persuasion style. It's, um, I think it'd be, be geared a little more for open areas, which very well might be in the South in Mississippi and Alabama and stuff like that. Um, there's definitely open areas around here. It's just particularly I haven't had many to hunt, um, whether it be fields or even just open woods or a or, or fresh cut over or something like that, you know, kind of some options. And you've, if, if it's a camp you've been in some private land, you've been in since you were a, a kid and you kind of, for the past 10 years, this is kind of the, what the, what the gobblers usually do when they kind of break off from their little bachelor groups. And, and uh, this is where the hens usually go, just kind of dependent on nesting areas and, and, and just kind of food sources and water sources and dusting areas. This is, you got a good general route of what they're going to take that morning um, to kind of to touch all three of those three or four of those things that are going to be in their daily routine um, that persuasion style can kind of i think it's a little more beneficial there where you can kind of get in not necessarily get on their route i don't think you can ever just completely pattern a turkey or a flock of turkeys or a specific turkey i think you can have an idea of what would make more sense to them um, and what they if you if you've kind of evaluated them a few mornings or or went listening before work or something and you kind of know the direction they're headed and that persuasion style is pretty good because you can get in there and, and it's a lot more stationary. You can, you can see a lot further. You can kind of watch what's going on. Um, you pick a tree pretty much and you sit there and call and you work him and you work him and you work him and you work him and work him. it might take three hours and you, you wait it out and you use your patience, you know, and I, and I, and eventually he'll either, he'll either come to you or he won't. But it's it's a hundred percent off of, off of his um off of persuading him to pick the hen that you're calling to be over the hen that he's with, or just his his current situation, whatever he's with. Um, he's just he's solely one hundred percent choosing you, and he's he's either he's either coming or he ain't. He's not you're not. There is no mind games to it. There is no moving around and and acting like a different turkey or calling his three different turkeys. This is. You know, one-on-one kind of stuff. Um, and there is no really wondering where you are. You're going to be, like I said, you're going to be stationary. You're going to be kind of glued to that tree. And um, you, you pick a tree that's got some open area all the way around it because you don't know where you're coming in, but, you, but you're but you able to see a good 80 to 100 yards. You're, I'd say at least 70 yards maybe that you can kind of see and watch them come in. And this is when they would, you know, for say, Come in strutting and, and they're expecting to breed of hen that they've heard here for the past hour and they know pretty well that it's going to be here when they when they show up and it's a little more prettier and, and i when i think of it i think of you know hunting shows when you got four or five guys there hunting it there's almost no way you can kind of go about that curiosity way of, of moving around so much um it's a lot easier and it's a lot it makes a lot more sense to kind of go this route when you when you're hunting with two or more people much more than the curiosity style if you're if you've got two people that that doubles the the chances of getting busted and having to move and the noise you got to make um it's pretty hard to uh to kind of go with that route that i usually take if i got somebody with me we kind of have to kind of compromise on that um and that's sometimes we butt heads on it but but it is definitely not only easier but it it makes more sense to to kind of go with that persuasion route of just sitting there playing the patient game calling to him working him with the calls and especially if you're if you're trying to film a hunt whether it's whether it's self-filming if you are by yourself and you've got a camera with you uh that persuasion route is going to be a lot easier a lot easier morning on you um and if you and um if you got a you know especially if you got somebody there filming the hunt it's going to be a lot easier than trying to to move around backwards and forwards like i said but um but, but yeah, just to, in, in summary, the, the main goal on, on the, on the curiosity style, um, which is what I tend to do is, is you're, you're curating this curiosity within the gobbler and your, your, your main objective is to bring him closer to just see where that, hen, where that hen is, make him wonder to the point where he can't stand it anymore. That, that this hen that, that has been moving all over the place, that this all over the place, in his head just inconsistently answering him with the calls that that you're making with the with the movements that you're making it just almost doesn't make too much sense that uh that he uh that he eventually has to come check it out or or and and in a lot of cases this it's the hens that he's with if you can get one of them riled up and 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 get them going they're they will get under their skin just as bad and they're, they're just going to want to see what what's going on where are you and um and the and a lot of times they'll head to the last place they heard you were, and sometimes that can be where you are, and sometimes that can be, you know, 15 yards behind you, and and they have to walk to a, to a spot to see, and and you're it's a it's a pretty close shot, depending on where you set those geographical barriers up, with that bend in the road or that hill or, or something like that, they've got to come around to take a peek at it, and, and you've got to be ready. It's it's pretty quick. It's a bang bang type situation, but um, as far as the persuasion goes you're you're trying to talk that turkey into choosing you over the hen he's with pretty much ain't no guessing to it he's he's coming or he's not and um the longer you wait i think the longer the better your chances get because that's less hens that he has to breed and as we get into you know april or the the months where they start nesting pretty regularly uh especially if you get on on mid-morning I think the, the chances of of you talking him into to choosing you over a a hen or two that he's got with him, if it doesn't happen in the first hour or so, I think he'll eventually run out of hens. And, and as long as you're still sitting there and you're still in the back of his mind and just working those calls, I think you know your chances are just as good at killing that turkey as you would doing it the way I usually do it. But um, but but kind of the um. Uh, the gist of the whole, uh, the article I wrote was, was more so geared around decoys. And that's a, that's a age old topic, I guess, in turkey hunting. And I think it can be misconceived by some, um, when it comes to, when it comes to using decoys, whether you do or don't, I'll, I mean, I'll go out and say that I don't use decoys, but, um, and uh, and people that don't use decoys love to talk about not using decoys. I know, but for the sake of this this podcast, this episode, um, I might kind of prove that uh, that notion wrong a little bit. Cause I'm going to be the first to say that whether or not you use decoys has nothing to do with how good of a turkey hunter you are. And um, it really, it it breaks down into both of these categories to me pretty well. And to, to a lot of people that have heard it, they've, they agree with it. And kind of, after a while, kind of pick up on what I'm trying to say, if, if it is uh, a little misunderstandable at first. But me being the the curiosity style of hunter that I am, throwing a decoy into that whole situation that I explained earlier of, of of curating the curiosity, bringing a bird around some type of of physical barrier that he has to to kind of come around to look and see. And I think a lot of the times I saw he's doing, he's he might not even necessarily be coming to breathe the hen. He's he's just wanting to kind of pinpoint it or see what's going on. And you're just it's just a mind game with him. And, and sometimes they will make exceptions in their little cadences they got for that for that morning their uh, their cue I guess not cadence their cue of hens or what they kind of have in front of them um, depending on how that's going with the hens he's got but for the most part I think he's just he's he's gonna come just see where you are and in a lot of cases I think this is really subjective here this is just this is me thinking I think that a that a gobbler will kind of split the difference on a lot of situations if he's got. One hen with him, or he's got fifteen hens with him, and you're sitting here calling at him or or cutting at a hen that you open with him. I think he will, on some occasions, will try to split that difference. And, and what I mean by that is he he'll kind of he'll kind of hang back a little bit as that flock moves forward. If they're if they're not coming towards you, if the hens aren't, he'll kind of hang back and sit there and gobble and gobble and gobble, trying to trying to talk you into coming with him. While he's still close enough, because he knows the further he gets away, the less likely that is, unless you're moving with him, um, which I have done before, just trailing them and you know waiting it out and trailing them and then and then making moves based off of what they go where they go. I mean, um, but but when I say that, I mean he will come to a specific spot where he believes that he can see where that hen should be, and he will he'll kind of hang up. And I think a lot of the times that's kind of the make it or break it point. And that's when the silence can kill him when he's, when he's close enough, he's as close as he he knows he's gotten yet and he don't hear it at all. And he thinks maybe if I come a little closer, I can at least see where she went. And then, and then, you know, just a little scratching or something can really tip him over the edge to just, all right, I, I'm 10 steps away. Now I was 30 steps away. Now I'm 20 steps away. If I just take these 10 more steps, I'll, I'll at least be able to see her and then, and then kind of keeping tabs on this other flock too. Um, but hopefully you can you can see him once he once he makes those final ten steps, just enough to take a look. Um, but say you throw a decoy into that situation, and, and I brought one in and, and put it out there, uh, thirty five yards, thirty yards in front of me. And you got to remember, I'm, I'm hunting some some thicker thicker woods. I'm not in a field most times. Um, very rarely can I see further than. 60 yards or so i guess um if if i can it's it's not for long it's kind of picking and choosing different lanes kind of picking and choosing different lanes to 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 shoot down if i if 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 that were the case but but yeah say uh say i throw a decoy into that situation he's going to come as close as he needs to come to see that decoy and a lot of times people would think well he sees the decoy he's going to come in there but but kind of what i was alluding to with the with the playing the best of both worlds he's gonna he's gonna sit there kind of playing the middle man keeping tabs on the flock he just left or the hen he just left and the and the hen that he's trying to sit there and 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 tell come on with him or he's he's gonna sit there and 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 gobble his head off at this certain you know just threshold whether it be a a real threshold like a like a ditch or just something like that that he doesn't necessarily want to cross um or it's just, it's nothing. It's just, he he's gotten to this point where he knows that that hen definitely hears him and uh, and he's going to sit there and gobble and, and she should walk to him. That's how nature works. That's, how, that's what they're supposed to do. That's how every hen that's in the flock that he's with now ha- has, has worked. When he sat there and gobbled at him, they walked to him like they were supposed to. And now this one isn't. And when you have one, uh, a decoy out there, especially if you can see it, things either A, stop adding up for him, you know something's different about this one that wasn't about the the other 10 this morning. Um, I think that can kind of sometimes put a red flag in their mind. Um, and, um, and, uh, and, and probably even more than that, I think it's just, it, it kills that curiosity. He knows where it is. He he doesn't have to keep taking those final 20 steps or those final 10 steps to kind of see where, you know, this has got to be where she was when he can see it. He He knows where it is. And, And that curiosity is dead. And and then no matter how much you call behind it or, you know, wherever you are to it, I think, uh, it it doesn't really matter. As long as he's got eyes on it, he's got that pinpoint for the rest of the morning and he can, he can kind of carry on it and, and in essence, have the best, best of both worlds. He can, he can go with the flock he's with now, and then come back to this one later. If worse comes to worse, if, if that, if that decoy refuses to walk towards him, which I promise it won't, um, but, um but but another little kind of side note to that is is the fact that the decoy is, is usually on a, a different sight plane than we are, and a lot of the times when 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 I hear somebody was was hunting and, and a turkey just hung up at eighty five yards, just you know just to the right of them and, and just wouldn't come any further and just sat there and gobbled for for thirty minutes, forty five minutes, and eventually just and just left. Um, I think a lot of that times that I'll, I'll ask them if they were using a decoy and if they were, I, I think a lot of times that that Turkey can see the decoy. I'm um, just kind of throwing out the fact that those turkeys can see so much better than we can, but, but he can see it on a different plane and just because he can, he can see that decoy does not mean that you can see that, that gobbler. Um, And once he sees it, he's got it in his mind and, and he can, then his, his new decision is not whether or not where that Turkey is, is, it breaks it down to persuasion and that and that one's just it's not acting like a normal turkey and and a lot of times i think he'll he'll either give up or he'll just he'll just say i'll come back later um so yeah throwing a decoy into that curiosity aspect like i usually hunt kind of kills the entire point of of curating that curiosity when you're going to sit there and solve it um if you can see it at 60 yards and, and that decoy's 30 yards in front of you he's gonna hang up at 90 yards I think for, for a majority of it. And that really limits your mobility. That limits the, the, the entire aspect of moving around or, or recreating a, a new scenario, positioning yourself to a new, you know, by a new barrier that he would have to walk around or something like that. If they move to the left and that decoys to your right, now you're in between him and the decoy and, and you are in the wide open woods and, you, you can't really move up too much further because then you're, you're calling completely away from the decoy. And it's just, it, it kind of takes, takes a little extra to, to tote one around and stuff like that. And it, it just, it doesn't make as much sense to me as, as it would just to, to leave that in the truck or at home and, and kind of go about the, the way that I usually do with that curiosity style. But in the persuasion style, you get it's assuming that you can see a lot further there's a lot more visibility there going on from both ways you and the bird and um and if he can see that decoy and he's going to hang up i think if he couldn't see that decoy and was going to hang up he would still hang up and that that's because he's just he's choosing yes or no he's not he's not tempted to walk a little further a little further he's he's kind of committed or he's not committed he's uh he knows where you are. Whether if you're sitting there calling without a decoy and you're not moving that much, you're just doing these these consistent cadences of just mainly yelps and just just acting like a turkey sitting there, um, telling him to you know take your time. I'm gonna be here all morning until you walk up. That the decoy can kind of, I think that can kind of tip him over the edge on on that decision a little little more than it would hurt, um, especially when you can see a good ways. Um, and, and if anything, I think it gives him a, a kind of a beacon to head to. Um, whereas, um, if you're in a field or something like that, and, and there's calling coming from the left side of the field, well, that, that field could be 200 yards long and you just know it's on the left. It's good to kind of know which corner he needs to head to if he is going to cross it or if he is going to come around or something like that, or even in some on a logging road, if you are in woods, that, that might be a scenario you could use one and you just want to want to call him up to that road and then, and then not and then him not have to necessarily try to pinpoint which which part of that road that that call was coming from um and and, and when you're hunting with more than one people that's that, like i said that's more movement especially if you throw a camera or something like that in there or, or if it's a youth hunt or something like that it, it takes his eyes off of off of you It it, it puts his eyes on that decoy and kind of it might kind of make him a little more comfortable. Whereas that curiosity style, he is actively looking for something. He's confused. He's, he's wondering his, his gears in his mind are turning and he's looking for, for hen actively. He's, you know, like I said earlier, I call it a periscope when they stick their head up as far as they can. And it's just, it looks like a periscope just peeking over little knolls in the woods. And sometimes you'll be, you'll be looking one direction you'll blink and all of a sudden it's there. And you're sitting there thinking, where did that come from? And it's just that turkey sticking his head up as far as he can to just take a take a little glassing look of, of a bottom or something like that, and then and then it's down, and he's he's kind of carrying on his way. So you got to be ready. Whereas um, whereas that that decoy and a persuasive setup like that, say two or three two or three people, and especially if you got a camera, it uh it, it takes his, his eyes off of, of the one, it takes his mind off of wondering. He's not actively looking for anything when he can see it. Um, and it brings them into where it would be more opportune to be, say, if you did have a camera. if It kind of might limit them from coming up behind you a little bit. Um, that's another thing with, with curiosity aspects is very rarely do they come up from the, the way that you first hear them gobble. I've had them come up directly behind me more times than they probably have ever come in straight forward, just like it was you know it seemed like it would be drawn up to be they're gonna it's gonna take plan a b c d all the way through however many it takes whereas that that persuasive aspect is just uh, just being really good at plan a and a lot of times it works and i don't think either one of them are necessarily better than the other one um i think a lot of it depends on the geographical area and what you've got to hunt and what you've got on your hands what what type of what type of birds you got the the level of pressure that they have the number of birds you got but um i hope that it's a little clearer than mud um um if y'all want to check that article out it is on our website um i think it's called decoys versus no decoys and turkey hunting and um it, it just like i said it just breaks down that that difference between curiosity and persuasion and um it's a it's a subjective thinking it's kind of a theory it's, it's there's no studies on it there you can't google it um it's i mean i made half the words up i feel like but um but if but if you kind of can understand the gist of what i'm saying it it does make a little sense i think um if you can kind of just think of specific scenarios where you might recognize different uh different ways of different styles hunting of different styles of hunting working or not working and, and 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 trying different things leaving the decoys at home or maybe you need to bring a decoy with you um next time or um just to try and depending on the the time of the season the the uh the location the the number of birds you got i think it can help and it can hurt but but it's kind of best at deciding on what what kind of hunter or what kind of style of hunting you're more comfortable doing that to me is step one if you can if you can determine that if you can kind of break it down and reflect on what you what you normally do and what in the situation that you're normally in um, on any given morning when turkey hunting, I think it just kind of, just knowing that helps out a little bit when it comes down to making some quick decisions and, and, um, and kind of deciphering, should you, or should you not bring a decoy and, and is it worth it kind of weighing that risk reward factor in that. And um, turkey hunts is very analytical. It's very intuitive. It's, it's kind of a, a little bit of both. It's, um, it's it's very special in that nature of of it's so complex and so simple at the same time. and these birds you think are so smart and you think they're so stupid and it frustrates you and nothing they do makes sense but at the same time you you wonder how did they houdini you three days in a row so it's it's that's what makes turkey hunt special to me and I know it does to a lot of other people just the the complexity and the simplicity that kind of go hand in hand with it. And um, we can, we can spend years trying to break it down into what goes on in their mind. And we never will. And that's, that's my favorite part about it is is, it's always a a never ending learning cycle between, between the hunters and the birds. And and that's kind of what I wanted to create this podcast about was to, to enlighten and, and just give my two cents and give a lot of other people's two cents on, on what they kind of see turkey hunting as and what they usually do and, and hopefully we'll all learn a little bit and kind of open our minds a little bit to different ways and, and, um, and styles of hunting in different geographical regions that we haven't hunted before. And, and something we might not need this year, but we might need four years later that, that, uh, that kind of comes back in your memory bank and, and, and and you're glad you heard it. And and this sounds like a scenario you heard on the podcast one day and and you can kind of capitalize on it, but. But anyway, so I'm not gonna run down any more rabbit holes on that subject for today. But I'm sure we will later on. But definitely looking forward to it. Um, we'll have a will have a few guests in here as, as the holidays are kind of coming up. I think we've we've got a few lined out to uh, to try to get with while they're in town. And um, I'm gonna be working on those and and um, working on getting a few more products out before uh, before the new year gets here. And then we'll really harp on on filling up the stock before turkey season and, and kind of getting that going. It's gonna be a an exciting one, I can tell already, a busy one, but a, definitely an exciting one and, and we're definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, as always, uh I definitely uh, thank y'all for listening. Um we're trying to fine tune it on the run just as as it comes every week. So um we're working on it and we hope y'all do like them and, and we love hearing back from y'all and, and we do appreciate the the follows and the subscriptions and the and the likes and the shares and all that good stuff. But, but we just want to bring a little value to you. And, um, yes. And any more topics y'all got, we've got, we still got that list. We've got plenty in the bank, but we, we can always be adding to it when it comes to a specific topics or guests. Y'all know. So send those in and, um, we'll see you next time.